in that moment, then I can develop a relationship. And that's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. I, would, I wish John had written down exactly what Jesus told him. Welcome to Elevate Retake. My name is Michael, and I'm the teaching pastor for Elevate, a community fellowship of Keene Church. On Elevate Retake, you can expect to hear thought-provoking, biblically-based messages that I and some of my friends present. We want you to experience faith as the continual, everyday process of learning more about the Bible, ourselves, and about God. And I believe this podcast will be just what you need to come to a closer relationship with God. We've got a fantastic new season planned for you. It's called You Gotta Try This. And I'd like to introduce you to someone. Her name is Danae. She'll be your host for this season and guide you through each topic. Danae? Thank you, Michael. I'm excited for this new season. Today's episode is titled, You Gotta Try This. The engage question is, what does it take for you to try something? The key passage here is Psalm 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good, and blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. So what we're going to be talking about is tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. It's an invitation to an experiential and experimental relationship with God. So let's join Russ and Michael for today's conversation. By the way, Russ Laughlin is the Vice President for Spiritual Life at Southwestern Adventist University. Let's listen in. Thank you guys for joining in. should see you hop on again. Pastor Russ, we've got a little bit different setup this morning, don't we? We do. We do. <laughs> we a tandem sermon. That's right. You know, We're we taught. are launching into this new series, You Gotta Try This. And I thought, you know, during this time that we're living in now, uh, oftentimes, you know, everybody watching online, you guys are probably watching five sermons today, right? Yep, this is yes, this is no. And you don't need to hear another sermon. Perhaps you might engage better with a conversation. So we're starting off this series with a conversation. That's why I've invited you, Pastor Russ, to come and join me today. Um, For those of you that don't know, he's the VP for Spiritual Life over at Southwestern Adventist University, um, chaplain, so to speak. Um, And I'm super glad that you're with us this morning. It's a privilege to be with you, Pastor. So we were talking during this week about... Hey, hey, let me interrupt you. Okay. You have been ministering to us week after week after week. Uh, You have stood here and preached to empty chairs or or pews, and you've asked us how we're doing. How are you doing, Pastor? I appreciate that question. Um, You know, if I'm going to be honest... This past couple weeks has been probably the most stressful time of my life, but also some of the most rewarding Mm -hmm. to see how our church has pivoted from being centered around a building and four walls to now we're meeting in homes and being a home church in that. So I find hope in that and a lot of energy. So I'm stressed. I'm tired. A lot of sleepless nights, a lot of reading, a lot of staring at screens. If I could not see a screen for the rest of this year, I'd be happy. Um, but I'm thankful that we still have the opportunity to connect online. That's what gets me through. That summer camp song, I'm going to zoom, zoom, zoom around the room, 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 (laughs) takes on a whole new meaning right now, doesn't it? You know, I was talking to somebody this week, and they said, I wanted to change your sign to there's always zoom for one more instead of room for one more. (laughs) Well. (laughs) And by the way, we were hoping to get zoom up today as well, and that didn't happen either. So today we are setting up this series called you got to try this right we've talked about it and to set it up i'd like to play a video for you at home you might recognize this it's a video with a couple of raccoons and an insurance company all right geico paid us out no they didn't pay us anything to do that they're probably thankful for um, a little shout out here pastor why did we play that video at the beginning of this this conversation well it comes off of that you gotta try it 
I love that line, it tastes like burnt hair. I mean, oh, that, that's repulsive. And yet, we are always asking people to try what we have already tried, what we want to try. Mm. And when you were talking about this series, you were saying, hey, we want, to, we want to look at trying something that we already know about or have heard about, but we want to try it again maybe for the first time. Right. And so you, you were bouncing some ideas off me. You said, let's go to Psalms and let's look at a verse of Scripture in Psalm 34, verse 8, where it mm-hmm. says, and, and Jonathan read it for us just a few minutes ago, taste and see that God is good. Hmm. And that was the launching point. And it's it's not like the raccoons where it's you know <laughs> so bad you got to try it. It's actually the, the converse. It's so good right. you got to try it. It's not mango chutney and burnt hair, right? This stuff is the stuff that tastes good. This is stuff that tastes good. Right. And we we were talking even yesterday as, we, as we're you know, setting this up and trying to figure out where we're headed in this conversation. And we talked about the idea that we've, perhaps some of you watching online, or maybe some of you that are here in the room, have perhaps grown up in Christianity, grown up in Seventh-day Adventism, and have for years been inundated with this little book we call the Bible, and a pastor that stands up on a pulpit and preaches every week. But perhaps we haven't actually tried a relationship with God. You know, and, and Michael, we memorized that verse in probably kindergarten or one of the Sabbath schools. Um, it's been on the test, so to speak. But I'll bet you we didn't realize that it grows out of uh, social distancing. Hmm. That's the context that. of this text. Because um, David writes this psalm, but we don't usually know what it's about. Um, it's actually an acrostic, which means that it's... Uh, you know, the different letters of the, of the Hebrew alphabet. Right. So it's a little bit disjointed, but it's very connected. David has just found out that he's lost his best friend. Not that they're right. not friends anymore, but they can't be friends. Jonathan, Jonathan. Saul's son, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and you know the story with, you know, the shooting the arrows and go farther and all that. David skips going to Saul's banquet. And when mm-hmm. he does that, he knows that it could cost him. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan says, I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Jonathan brings the news that Saul wants to kill his, David, mm-hmm. and Jonathan and David exchange their forever friendship mm-hmm. and say that we, we will be friends forever, but that's the last time they see each other mm-hmm. alive. And, right. and David is now on the run. He has lost his position in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. He's really lost his citizenship. Mm-hmm. He's lost his friendship. And he, he has nothing. He's running. And he says, where can I go? And he runs to the tabernacle, which is up in a little town called Nob. And he's up there, and he goes into there, and, he, and, and the priest looks at him and is afraid because David should not be coming there alone. Right. Okay? And, and so then David lies. It's true. Read the story. Mm-hmm. Um, David lies to him and says, the king has sent me on some urgent business. Yeah. And, and I'm hungry. you got to give me some food. And he says, I don't have any. I just have some day-old bread that has been in uh, the, the show bread from in the, in the tabernacle. And David says, I'll take it, man. I need anything. Yeah. And then he sees Doag, the, the head shepherd for Saul. Mm-hmm. And he sees him and he goes, oh, no, I am now, the king's going to know where I am. Mm-hmm. And um, he says to, to the, the priest, he says, do you have a, any sword or, or, or weapons? And he says, the only, the only sword we have is the one that you took off of Goliath. Yeah. And so he takes that sword, 
And do you know where he goes, Pastor? He leaves the tabernacle and he goes somewhere. Do you remember where he goes? Isn't, doesn't he go back to Goliath's hometown? Yes, Gath. Yeah. It makes no sense. And he goes to find refuge in an enemy town because he's afraid of the king. Wow. And, and, he, and, and there he gets there and the people recognize him, Pastor, and they say, isn't this the guy that they were singing, Saul kills, kills his hundreds and David kills his, you know, ten thousands or whatever? Yeah. He's the bad guy. And the king goes, oh, yeah, I remember that. Hmm. And then David is like, oh, boy, my life's in jeopardy here. And he begins to fake like being a madman. Yeah. And the king says, I got enough crazy people in my kingdom. Get rid of this one. Yeah. And they, they send him off. And all the way through, from the moment that David and Jonathan realized that their friendship was going to be social distanced. Right. David never looked to God. Wow. Throughout that entire story. He did not look at God at all. And then he's on the run. He goes to this cave and he writes this psalm. Wow. And, 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 he, and he starts off, I will extol the Lord at all times. Wait, 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 wait. Pastor, at all times? He's just blown it. Yeah. And I'm thankful because so often I've blown it. Mm-hmm. And David, David starts off this psalm by saying, I will exalt the Lord or extol the Lord. His praise will always be on my lips. You know that song, right? Mm-hmm. And I love that song. We've sing that song. His praise will, I won't sing it, <laughs> ever be on my lips. Okay, I'll just tell you the words because, you know, we, we are live, right? <laughs> that would be a very special music, wouldn't it? Um, try it. It's like burnt <laughs> hair, Okay. Um, it, it will sound like a burnt hair taste, I suppose. But then he says here, my soul will boast in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. So he's taking it from I will to now let's we will. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, glorify the Lord with me. So he's gone from this I will to an invitation for all of us to do the same, to glorify God. And, to, and, and then he goes, I sought the Lord. And he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Hmm. Those who look on him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. And and then he says, the poor man called on the Lord, heard him. He saved him out of all of his troubles. And then he says, the angel of the Lord. So he's talking about this poor man, I was saved from my, and then the angel of the Lord is around all of us. So we're in this social distancing time, and it's not much fun, Pastor, is it? It's not. That's why... I originally set this table up this morning and I had your mic sitting here and I realized that's too close. And, and I can't wait for the time when we can come back to church and do the side hug and, and, and all that kind of stuff because quite, quite, I, I'm missing it. The world that we live in on a college campus is very connectedness. Right. And, and here we are um, doing these air handshakes that are, so, yeah, exactly. Oh, we almost, I think we broke the four and a half. I forgot Six to, foot rule. Yeah, we'll, we'll work on that. Um, and then in that context, he says, taste and see that God is good. And that word there in, in Psalm 34, verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. That word taste, in the original Hebrew, it means taste. Yes. You know, you know that you know, kind of funny thing, whatever. Uh, but at its root, it means to experience the flavor of. Yes. And so this is not, David, he must have had, I imagine in my mind's eye, he must have had some experience from when he's on the run with Saul, or from Saul, to now when he's sitting in this cave writing this psalm, he must have had an experience where God showed up. Yes. And he could experience God's presence, he could experience the flavor 
of a relationship with God. And when he tasted that, he saw that God is good. And, and that word good in the Hebrew is deeper than, oh, he's a good guy. Yeah. It's that good, kind, graciousness. And it, it, it reminded me of Scripture. It says, it's your kindness, O Lord, that brings us to repentance. Mm. And it's that graciousness that God has for you and me that leads us. Right. And, and maybe we're in this uh, social isolation or distancing of a cave. At least it feels like it. Yeah. Maybe now's the time to actually taste, experience God, yeah. and see how gracious he is to us. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, well, the most intimate conversations we ever have are in whispers. Yeah. And when God whispers, that's when he says the things he wants us to really know. Right. And it's during this time of physical isolation where we're removed from everybody else, we're removed from all the distractions that are around us, we then have the opportunity to be spiritually intimate with God. And that's what this whole series stems from, is this idea that we should at least try, I'm not going to say you got to do this, I mean, I I think you should, but you should try an experimental relationship with God. Finding out who he is in ways that we may not even know because we've been so distracted by the little black boxes we carry around in our pockets, by the the big screens we have in our homes, by the uh, profiles we have on social media accounts. All of that can be a distraction from coming to God and reading the love letter that he's written to us and experiencing him afresh. Well, and it doesn't say um, sample God. Mm-hmm. You know, you know I, I like to go to, to Costco and, and, and Sam's and, you know, if, if there's something really good to sample and, and I'm hungry, man, it's fun to, to see about, you know, checking out what they have. And uh, it's, it's kind of fun. Question, though. Yeah. There you Has, go. Have you ever purchased something at Costco because you tried the sample? Sorry, Costco. I, I can't think that I have. Okay, what about Sam's Club? Sam's? I, I really don't think so, Michael, Pastor Michael. I, 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 I can remember tasting them. Um, I, I don't know. Has, has it worked for you? Never. What about you guys here? Anybody in here purchased something at Costco or Sam's? Could you try the sample? You came. You did? What did you get? What's that? Chips. Some okay. chips. Yeah, some chips. Some quality food right there. Okay. Yes. Did you come back for another sample? Like you did you ever do the thing where you walk around the store and like you loop back around thinking the person won't recognize well, you again, you grab another one? I think it depends on how hungry you are. <laughs> right. <laughs> and how good the first sample was. But but th- that's a difference because God doesn't say, Hey, sample me and uh, see what you think. Right. He says, Experience me. Right. And and I think some so long the church mm-hmm. has sampled God. Mm. And, and in sampling, we miss the whole experience. Because there's no commitment. There, there's nothing. I can pick up that little paper cup, come to church on Sabbath morning, watch the Elevate live stream. I got my fill, got it for the week, I'm good to go. But if you just grabbed a bunch of samples at Costco or Sam's Club and ate them, you know, you go shopping on Friday or Sunday or wherever you go, does that keep you filled for the rest of the week? No. I don't think it does. And I think we it's, know it doesn't. You're right. Right. And it's at this point that Psalm 34 kind of leaves us in uh, uh, just, it, it leaves us in this cliffhanger because yeah. David says all this, come taste and see that God is good, but he doesn't necessarily share with us what that response to God's goodness and his he, taste he looks doesn't. like. He doesn't. He tells us the benefits yes. for the next verses and read that this afternoon because we don't have time to go into it this morning. But there's, there's all these lists of things. It, it, the Psalm transitions 
And it goes into this list of blessings that happen if you experience God. Mm-hmm. Read that. It's, it's a good read. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to filter this, you, where, where should we filter? How should we filter? How should we apply this to our life? I think it's kind of later on in the Bible. There's this guy by the name of Jesus. Yes. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Have you guys heard of this guy by the name of Jesus? <laughs> Um, it kind of savior of the world, you know, but in a humble way. Yes. Same as the humble servant. And I think anything in scripture, we've got to come back to this person of Jesus. And this week, where did we look to filter Psalm 34? John through? chapter 1. And it uh, starts in verses uh, 43, actually uh, 35. Mm-hmm. 35 and goes right to the end of the chapter. And the context of that is John the beloved disciple is writing, and it's somewhere around uh, 90s, uh, just prior to 100 AD. He's the last living apostle. John Boy's old now. He's old. He's an old man, and he wants people to know Jesus the way he knows him. And he starts off by saying, Jesus is creator. Jesus is the promised one, this Messiah, the Elijah, the, the, the second Elijah, you know, John the Baptist was going to come. He yeah. talks about that. He tells us that John the Baptist gets to introduce Jesus, and he says, behold, the Lamb of God, and there are two people listening. And remember, from the witness of two, right. a matter is established. Right. And so he's got these two disciples of John the Baptist hearing, and they're going, whoa, wait a second. John just said, this is the Messiah. And they start like little puppy dogs following Jesus. And they're walking maybe that social distancing just far enough behind. And have you ever had somebody following you until the point it gets uncomfortable? Yes. That's what happens. Jesus turns around and he goes, and he doesn't mean it like this. What do you want? He goes, what do you want? And, And what he's really saying is, what are you looking for? And I love the disciples' response in that story. Yes. Because they then say to him, where are you staying? Yeah. And that seems a little creepy at first, like, Jesus, where's your hangout spot in that? But what they're really trying to tell Jesus by asking that question is, Jesus, what we seek is bigger than the conversation we're having right now. Yeah. We need to come into relationship with you, and we want to figure out where you're at so that we can come and spend quality time with you. Pastor, it's kind of like when somebody comes to your office and they say, hey, Pastor, do you have a minute? Yeah. What does that mean? It's a prophetic minute. Yes. It's and a, that can be days, it right? It could. But, you know, and that's a fantastic thing because through relationship and spending time with people, and I know when somebody ever, when they walk into my office or they call me up, hey, you got a minute, I I know I need to drop what I'm doing and focus my attention on them because in that moment, then I can develop a relationship. And that's what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. I I wish John had written down exactly what Jesus told him. He doesn't. He just says that they were there and then something really weird he says, well, you know, come, come and see. And, he, yeah. he, and they spend this time. And the next thing that happens, they have this time. They're not hanging out with him anymore. What do no. they do? They, well, one guy by the name of Andrew goes and gets his brother. Exactly. And then there's a second one, Philip, who came to know Jesus. And he's like, I've got to go get Nathaniel. And it's so interesting because we often read, you know, we think of Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus and yeah. she hangs out and she's just right there and Martha's the busy one in the kitchen and Jesus says, Martha, if you only knew what you're doing, Mary's the one that, oh, we got to come to the feet of Jesus. But in this moment, John doesn't describe at all any interaction that the disciples have with Jesus at that point. But something has spurred the disciples on to go tell other people about Jesus and about the relationship and the person that they've encountered. Let's go back to the sample idea. Mm-hmm. Sampling is not enough. Right. Tasting 
is not enough. Right. Because what I think, filtering it through this, if we taste something, experience something, mm-hmm. the most natural thing is to respond. Right. And there's a respond to God, yes, but that response also is to others. Right. When you find a really good restaurant, mm-hmm. do you keep it a secret? Well, it depends on if you want other people to know about it and how often you want to go before they find out about it. But ultimately, in the end, you want to experience that restaurant with other people, and you want to yeah. experience other people to experience the goodness of mango chutney and burnt hair. In a positive way. Right. <laughs> and, and so I, I think to myself, you know, David is social distancing. The disciples are actually in one sense, social distancing away from what they are used to. Yeah. Because as we were talking yesterday, the enemy of God copies everything God does. Yes. And so God has said, come and taste and see. And Satan says, hey, taste and see. Mm-hmm. But Satan's taste and see always comes with a hook. Yeah. Once you have tasted it, you have no choice. Mm-hmm. In God's, you can, t- you can taste and see and keep tasting and keep seeing, and there's not an addiction, right. there's a drawing. And by the, the way that we're created, we're beings that are created with wants and desires. And there's this thought line, um, Ty Gibson's the one that's kind of promoted it a lot. It comes out of scripture in that the desires that we have, because we have those desires, there must be something positive yes. that fulfills those desires. And so it's not necessarily that we have to curb our desires uh, if we're seeking after negative things. We have to change the things we're focusing on. Right. God has provided ways for humans to have intimacy with one another. And there's appropriate, moral, good ways to do that. And we have to shift from the bad things to the good things. And instead of focusing on what the devil offers, to try Jesus. Yeah. And to try something better. And again, there's no hook, so it takes a little, takes a little work, takes a little, we've got to actively seek it, but we're not drugged there uh, without our own free will. Well, Pastor Michael often calls me a turkey, so maybe this morning we're two raccoons. Maybe. Instead of saying, tasted, it's terrible, it's tasted, it's wonderful. Yeah. And, and yeah. so I, I have a question for us and for our, those that are watching today. Um, what does your Christian walk taste like right now? Mm. Um, I'll give you a couple of ideas. Is it sweet? Is it spicy? Salty? Bitter? Is it bland? Hmm. Maybe we're really frustrated with the taste that we're experiencing, and we're wondering why mango chutney and burnt hair taste so bad, and we wished it tastes good. But instead of wondering why the taste doesn't change of the thing we're eating. What if we seek something else that tastes better? And you know, what tasted bad as a kid may not taste bad anymore. Right. I actually like um, guacamole now. I hated guacamole for- <laughs> Welcome to the club. Oh my, yeah, I just, I, I hated it and it, it took me forever. My wife is probably laughing at home right now, um, but it took me forever. But yeah. our taste buds change over time. And yeah. the, the, the research says that if you start eating better foods, yeah. you stop liking some of the other stuff and start liking the stuff that you didn't used to like. Exactly. And so I'm not inviting you to do burnt hair. 
But I'm trying to invite you to talk, uh, to try and taste the Messiah, mm. Jesus Christ. It, it, it's worth it. it. This week, you assigned me these two passages to read. And, and I took my book mm-hmm. and I rewrote the psalm. And then I started writing what God um, was speaking to me mm-hmm. as I was studying. And I want to challenge you. Try something new this week. Get a diary, sit down with God's word, and then start writing. Start writing the questions that you ask yourself as you're reading scripture or right. God asks you. Start right. putting it in your own words. Apply it to yourself. Yeah. Because I, I guarantee from my life, mm-hmm. what I have tasted about God, what I've seen about him, I want to share. How about you, Pastor? Absolutely. And at the end of the day, God is bigger than this set of doctrines or a religious system or a church. That doesn't diminish what we believe and how we piece that together as finite humans. But God desires to have a relationship with you. He wants you to try him out. He wants you to seek him in the good times and in the bad times and in in ways that we may never have imagined possible but for COVID-19. And I think it's at this time that God can use COVID-19 and the fact that we're physically distant yeah, so that we can become spiritually intimate with him and he can grow closer to us. So what's it going to take for you to try something? You know, maybe it's our invitation. Maybe it's digging into the word this afternoon. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I want to encourage you to seek God with all your heart and to taste and see his goodness. Amen. And when we taste and see his goodness, then we run and share him with someone else. And that's where we're headed. So we're going to be diving into these conversations in the coming weeks. You're going to have the opportunity at home to ask some questions and engage with us in dialogue. Pastor Russ, thank you so much for being here today. We've got another special guest coming in next week as we continue the conversation. We want to invite you at home to not just take our word for it, our pre-chewed sample that we're bringing before you today but to taste the goodness of God for yourself Amen. in real and meaningful ways. Amen. I don't think that I will look at raccoons the same way anymore. No, I love that verse. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Don't just take somebody's word for it. You know, here during COVID-19, we are physically distant, but maybe during this time of physical distance, we're becoming more spiritually intimate. We're asking ourselves some questions because we got the time to do it. We need to take more than a sample. Now, I'm a personal trainer and I tell people all the time that they have to do it more than once. You have to exercise more than once to get the results that you want. It gets easier and more enjoyable the more that you exercise and find what fits for you. And then you get to watch that person see themselves getting stronger and then they get excited and then you get excited. And it's the culmination of all that work that is put into that time span that builds the experience of losing weight or getting stronger. And I believe you can take almost any exercise quote and apply it to your spiritual walk. You know, what is it gonna take? for you to invest yourself, your time, your mental energy, and what's it gonna take for you to take more than a sample of Jesus? I hope that for you, it's not a life-changing accident or something like that. Maybe it's just this time, this extra time we have on our hands because of COVID. If you know somebody who is struggling with maybe direction in their life, they're feeling far from God and they don't exactly know how to get back. Maybe somebody who is uh, struggling 
with a mental illness and they're needing some extra strength, this is a resource that you can provide. You can share this episode with somebody who needs to hear it. Our executive producers are Michael Gibson and Jonathan Coker. Our team includes Evelyn Alanis, Candice McCormick, Samu Sialoga, Alethea Galvin, Emily Weaver, and Issa Manu. Special thanks to Danae Sanji in 88.3 The Journey and Devin Grady and the Keen Church media team.